Hey, what's up, everybody? Uh, I'm over here cooking dinner with hooks, rubs, and spices. Uh, B-Rob turned me on to this stuff, and i tell you what, it's great. It's a homemade blend of the finest ingredients sourced from Texas Garden, farmers, and markets. And it's some good shit. i tell you what, try the smoke and sweetness, or you can try Hoppy's favorite, the Mad Cow, which is a nice peppery slap in the face. <laughs> One taste, and you'll be hooked. Hooks, rubs, and spices. You are now listening to Ramblings with Rob. What up, everybody? This is your boy, B-Rob, and I'm back with another edition of the Random Rambles with Rob podcast. First and foremost, before we get started, I'd like to thank you, the listener, for coming back each and every week or however you listen to podcasts. If you're a new listener, I appreciate you very much for taking the time out of your day, morning, evening to listen to my show. And if anybody referred you to me, give them a crisp high five. Um, usually I hit you with some funny quips or some shit like that, but I got some business to handle today. I got um, one of my favorite stars in the world here with me this evening. Um, man that goes by the name of Michael Jai White. How are you, sir? I'm good, yourself? I am hanging in there. It's just like I'm a bundle of nerves right now. Um, Why? I don't know, because I, I never thought in, you know, since I've come to know who you are, that I'd be sitting here <laughs> on the other end of a phone talking to you right now. Oh man, you know, I'm sure you'll do a lot, lot better than me in the future. <laughs> so, yeah, man. But um, yeah, man, it's great to have you. I appreciate you giving me your time this evening, and um, yeah, let's just kick in right into it. Mm-hmm. I know um, from uh, you've been doing martial arts for a long time, but one of the questions that I had for you was, was it a thing that was kind of did somebody kind of push you toward it or was it something that you always wanted to do or had an interest in? You mean martial arts? Yes. Oh, no, I, I definitely wasn't pushed into it at all. I mean, my mother refused to put me in karate, you know, in martial arts classes. I, I wanted to know it so bad that I used to go to my friend's class, sit on the sideline and learn while, while watching his class. I got so good after a while that him and his brother came to me when they had a break and they were asking me what they needed to do next, right? And the teacher was like, well, why are you asking him? And they were like, oh, he knows everything. And they said, well, the teacher says, who, who, who taught you? I said, you did, <laughs> you know? You know, and they're, and they're, they're like, oh, no, he, he practices everything at home and he, he's better than us. And so you know, the teacher had me, you know, show show what I knew. And from that moment on, he was like, you do not have to pay for classes. Just come. And he gave me a uniform and everything. And so I put myself in martial arts classes. That's amazing. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, what was the motivation? I mean, what what was the driving force in you being interested in martial arts? I think like many kids, insecurity. You know, I mean, I was, I was growing up in Brooklyn and Bridgeport, Connecticut, and, you know, it was a, I had rough surroundings, and I was a sensitive kid, and so it's part of building your own armor. Yeah. You know, and so um, things affected me. So I became uh, a fortress, you know, so uh, I, I practiced fighting, I had, and I needed a whole lot of... Uh, uh, an outlet for aggression and that became my savior man that's amazing i can mm-hmm. i can kind of relate to that because it, it was a once upon a time to where you know i went down to a dojo pretty much kind of like how you did with a friend and i would sit there and i would watch them 
And, you know, in between breaks, I would go in there and I would go and kick the pads and everything. And then eventually I just kind of signed up. But at that time, I don't think I was mentally ready to, you know, take on something like that. It's just like I thought it was cool to do, but to sit there and practice and be there every day and everything. I just wanted to do it when I wanted to do it, you know. So, yeah, it was just crazy. But martial arts, I wanted to be a martial artist. I wanted to join the military. I wanted to be a freaking professional wrestler and I wanted to be a stunt man, you know, and I figure in a way, you know, I just retired of 16 years of service in the Marine Corps. And I feel like I got to accomplish all those things because the Marine Corps has its own martial arts program. And I was able to achieve a high level in that. And, you know, because of being in the military, I was you know forced to go to, you know, base to base, station to station. I was able to fall into a local wrestling promotion. I was <laughs> able to wrestle for a while. So, you know, I just kind of eclipsed all the things that I wanted to do, you know, just because, you know, I joined the Marine Corps. That's great. It's, and it's, it's that discipline that you learn that takes you through it all. Now, I was going through, I mean, usually when I do these shows or whatever, I mean, I don't prepare and then I just pretty much get the person on the line and we just jaw jack back and forth and everything. But since it was you, I was going through your IMDB page and all this other Wikipedia crap. So, I mean, forgive me if some of my information is inaccurate, but mm-hmm. you got to tell me there ain't no way in hell you was 50 years old. Oh, you're, you're right. I'm older than that. What? <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. No, you, well, you carried well, sir. Thank you, man. And a, a couple other things that I did not realize. Usually, whenever you watch something a long time ago, you um, come back to it later. You're like, "Wow, I didn't know this person was in there." I'm scrolling through this IMDb page, over 95 movies and everything. And the first two I see at the very bottom: "The Toxic Avenger Part One." I mean, no, uh, Part Two, Part Three, <laughs> and um, Ninja Turtles. Secret of the Ooze, and one movie that, you know, it captivated me as a young man, and I haven't watched it since then, but I always, it always stuck with me. I can remember bits and pieces of it, and that was Two Days in the Valley. I remember seeing oh, this boy, movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember seeing this movie and it's just how all the different elements in the movie kind of got pieced together in this one big storyline and everything, and it was just like I just remember that movie, but I don't remember you in it. So that was kind of crazy for me to see that when I was scrolling through your um, filmography. Yeah, man, and uh, that was the, that was the first movie of Charlize Theron. Man, yeah. <laughs> but then Universal Soldier: The Return. Now I see you worked with Bill Goldberg. And I think in that movie and later on. You had a movie with uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah. I'm, I'm a fan of professional wrestling. two movies with him. Oh, two. Okay. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a fan of professional wrestling. I've been watching professional wrestling ever since I can remember. I mean, do you like that or have you ever um, performed on screen with any other professional wrestlers? No, just those two. Goldberg and, uh, and Steve. Yeah, and, um, and Steve is I mean, he, he's one of the coolest dudes ever. I really enjoy uh, hanging with him. In fact, I met him at a Mr. Olympia years ago. And just meeting that guy, I said, man, I want to work with him. He's just, a, he's just a cool person. You know, I just felt like that's a down-to-earth dude. And when a movie came up that I was going to be working with him, mm-hmm. I basically said yes automatically because it was him. <laughs> now, I mean watching them for so long and um, seeing them on TV. I mean, yeah, they're um, bigger guys or whatever, but I got to see him in person in New Orleans um, for WrestleMania weekend. And this dude mm-hmm. is a freaking mountain, man. I was like, golly, I didn't think he was that doggone big. But, I mean, he's just big. Uh, he's a big person. Mm-hmm. I just, I just, I, you know, I just love Steve as what he is, as who he is. I, I tell you, he was on, uh, he was on uh, Punk. That really got me because when he was on Punk, it really showed his character. <laughs> and he was, it was some kind of thing where somebody was being an asshole. And the way Steve handled this person was so classy and so much like, you know, putting this guy in his place. 
and you know he doesn't know he's on camera. Yeah. But Steve, Steve just was like, you know, just the salty of the earth, you know, kind of giving this dude an attitude adjustment. And I thought, you know, that see that that that's the kind of guy I like to be around. That those those that they they're not making many of those guys anymore. Yeah. Now, I mean, you've had a long acting career, and also you um, delved over into the writer, producer, and director realm and everything. Um, out of mm-hmm. all the things that you do, um, is there a different um, mindset as far as uh, how you pre- prepare to um, take on these uh, challenges as being a producer, a writer, or a director as it compares to being an actor? You know, it, it, I've always had that, that frame of mind from the first time I've ever acted. I, I've always seen things from a producer's standpoint and a director's standpoint. I see it never just as an actor. So it's a, it's a natural fit for me to be acting, producing, writing, directing. Hello? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought I dropped you. Yeah. I mean, no. I don't know. It's just, it's amazing that like, I, I envy people that can write things down and stuff like that. I mean, that's kind of why I do an audio medium because, like, I just like to get what's in my head out in the air and, you know, talk about those things. And, you know, I can kind of go back and review it and um, kind of go from there. Um, I've recently tried to um, do my own, like, little videos and everything. More than anything, it's not for me to put myself in front of the camera to act out something or, you know, just kind of speak my mind. It's just been a way for me to, like, figure out the camera, you know, the lighting, Mm -hmm. you know, how to work the equipment, you know, because I like doing the podcast, but I feel like I like uh, producing and making the podcast more. I like putting the sounds where it needs to go, the editing, you know, trying to make it as Mm -hmm. good of a product as I can. Yeah. Um, You recently had a project that was was getting a crowdfunding, uh, the Outlaw Johnny Black, and that's um done to completion, correct? Or is in production? Well, I mean, we're we're uh, I got a couple of projects that I had to complete before going into production. Okay. So yeah, that's what's happening. So what was that whole experience like? Just trying to get everything together to get this thing underway. Well, it was great because it's really about um, not really crowd financing; it's more so crowd involvement, engagement. Yeah. And so uh, letting folks know and building that crowd as the we, we go toward doing the movie and having that crowd awareness. So really, that's what it's all about. So from the time that you you know embarked on this journey into acting and everything like that, how do you feel social media has changed from the time you started up until now? Well, I mean, it's, it's significant now. You can you can get things done. You can get butts in seats in a way that you never could before because you get you can have a direct connection to the to your fan base. So that's empowered the filmmaker, you know, to a point where um, we never could have imagined. So uh, now, you know, the audiences are getting more sophisticated. They they're more knowledgeable about how these things are done, and you can invite them, them to the party. So that's what I'm doing with the with this whole crowd connection and this crowd um, involvement type of thing. Okay. Now, with the advancements in technology and everything, I mean, it's, it's a wonderful thing. I mean, you have everything at your fingertips or whatever, but what are some of the woes to you, some of the things that you can do without on uh, social media or any of these other platforms? Well, see, it, it, it's not a natural thing for me. Uh to engage so much because mm-hmm. uh, I'm a little weird. Um, <laughs> I don't remember every day I live. I don't remember. I'm an actor that people recognize. There's times where people will look at me a certain way and I'm like, do you have a problem? <laughs> and they're like, uh, are you the guy from such as, and I'm like, Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, because I never grew up idolizing actors or movie stars or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I just look at people as people. Yeah. So I look at myself as a regular person. So 
I I don't ever assume that people see or know that I'm an actor. Mm-hmm. You know, so when I encounter people or people are behaving a certain way, I never really think that it's got anything to do with me. Yeah. You know, and sometimes, you know, you know, it's, I've made, you know, (laughs) I've made a lot of mistakes. Whereas I'll go to, you know, like I, I, I thought I would, I was, uh, you know, my wife and I were going to a fitness uh, expo type of thing. And, I look forward to just checking out the boots. And since we're both in the fitness, I was thinking, oh, wow, this is going to be cool. Not thinking that the set, the second I step foot there, I can't get nowhere because then everybody wants a, an autograph or, you know, it, it's like, yeah. oh, shoot, I forgot. <laughs> you know, but that happens a lot. I, I could be in a, in a mall and, I, and it's the last thing I'm thinking about is that people are going to recognize me. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, so it, it, it's kind of, so I'm, like I say, I'm a little weird. Like it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't click. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I got relatable to something like that is like, I walk around here with my um, Marine Corps tired, retired hat on and everything. And I forget I have it on and I'm walking through the store or something like that. And they'd be like, Oh, thank you for your service. And in my head, I'm like, how the hell they know I served? Then I say, like, oh shit, I got this hat on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, speaking of uh, your spouse and everything, um, my wife is downstairs right now. I'm up here recording, and she knows that I'm on the phone with you right now, and she's texting me questions to ask you. Now, <laughs> what one? She only has one question, and um, also she wanted to wish you and your wife a happy belated anniversary. Oh, cool. But um. Only one question that she had for you was, um, why did you say what you said about Bruce Lee? Now, I've already heard your response. I, um, one of the podcasts that I've heard you on uh, was the <laughs> the Will Barrel Full of Dicks podcast, or internet radio program is what they call it. I heard your response mm-hmm. to that question already, but she asked me to ask you, so I asked. Well, I mean... I I made a mistake of answering a question when I shouldn't have, you know, I, I shouldn't have been, um, it's something I shouldn't have said in mixed company yeah. outside of uh, being with real fighters. Mm-hmm. Uh, a re- there's no real fighter who would not agree with me yeah. on the planet that there's no way in hell a 132-pound fighter mm-hmm would ever beat a 230-pound fighter in a fight. It's yeah. it's ridiculous. Okay? Mm-hmm. Um, that's like Floyd Mayweather beating Mike Tyson. Yeah. It's actually worse than that because Floyd Mayweather is heavier than Bruce Lee ever was. Mm-hmm. So if, if somebody is a real fighter and they go, well, yeah, could you beat Bruce Lee? It's like, Oh, come on. No, no real fighter would say that because they know if Bruce Lee had to fight any fighter that was 150 pounds, it'd be almost impossible for him to, to, to beat them in the real world. But Bruce Lee is an icon mm-hmm. and that is, he never, he never fought a day in his life in a real fight, but people, he is such a, uh, an icon. Well, he's an icon to me as well. Mm-hmm. You know, he's the greatest martial artist that ever lived. That means he's inspired the world. But reality is reality. You know what I mean? (laughs) So I forget that I can't talk reality to people people, who are, you know, who believe in the myth. Yeah. You know, those are two different things that, you know, so I should never, it's like, you don't, you don't tell, you know, you don't. Like certain folks, you don't tell certain folks that wrestling is fake. They just don't want to hear it. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? So that, that's why I said I, I, you know, I I forgot who I was talking to. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just it's just one of those things. I understand. Yeah, like, it's one of those things. I should have said, well, 
Bruce, I don't think Bruce Lee would beat uh, any fighter that's uh, above 150. It'd be, it'd just be too hard, you know. Even if he was a real fighter. Yeah. Now, I mean, that question on from Mrs. B. Rob's standpoint came from um, a place of defense because she is in love with Bruce Lee, and yeah, you yeah, know, you step out, you, you don't, you don't tell folks wrestling's fake. You yeah. know, certain <laughs> folks, you can't do that. You know, because like, I, I, I wish I hadn't said it because. You know, just they don't they don't get it. They don't get it. I understand. Cause yeah. Like, um, my my wife is hard. You know, I mean, she don't get like too emotional over things or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's calm, reserved person. You know, polar opposite of what I am. But mm-hmm. there's been occasions in our nine years of marriage to where I've seen this woman cry at the sight of Bruce Lee, and I'm just like, really. For real, yeah. I said you, you. I said you had a. We had a kid. Well, you had a kid, and I ain't even see you cry this much. <laughs> you know, wow. if I step out of this room right now while I'm recording, there's like six Bruce Lee paintings and pictures and photos on the wall upstairs. Just yeah, none of the kids' pictures up here. Just Bruce Lee. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. But um. Yeah. Now, um, I see via your Instagram and everything, um, photos of you and your wife training or whatever. Is she classically trained or is that just something between, you know, that's something that you and her share? Well, and I, I classically trained her. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's what I was wondering. Yeah. yeah. Now, did so, she come to you for that or did you say, Hey, this is what's going down. You need to, you, my wife, I want you to be protected at all times and you know how to defend yourself when I ain't around. Is it that type nope. of thing? Or? No, it, it, it's just natural. We do so much together, and she enjoys martial arts. And, you know, it's like I have to try to calm her down. You know, she's, she's, a, she's a tiger. Like, I really have to calm her down. Like, take it slow, you know? <laughs> uh, but, yeah, she's, she's a natural athlete and a natural fighter. Like, when she clicks into training, and, uh, you know, it's like somebody who, like, hitting a bag is sometimes it's hard to teach her because she's hitting a bag. But then if she's hitting at me, it's this natural, this killer instinct just comes in where she knows she can apply everything to real fighting, mm-hmm. you know. So, I mean, she's, she, she, she's got that from her father. Her father was a, was a boxer. Sweet. And I think, you know, he, he, he taught her some basics early on that she kept with her. Okay. Now, I mean, <laughs> I know she get into it or whatever, but like, do you treat her any different than what you would treat anybody else if he was to train them? Um, no, like I said, I, I got to calm her down. <laughs> you know, I'm, I don't, you know, some people you got to push. You got to like, you got to, <laughs> it's the opposite. I'm like, there's plenty of time. Let's, let's, let's take this slow. Okay. Cool beans. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's freaking awesome, man. It's just like, this is my thing here, what we're doing right now. And um, my wife is very articulate. She writes and do all this other cool stuff. And I'm just like, you know, you would be good at something like this. I mean, you got the voice for it. I mean, you got the smarts to know how and everything. I mean, I'll sit behind the boards and do all the other stuff. I mean, you just have to sit here and talk, and she ain't trying to hear it. Mm-hmm. But, hey, it is what it is. I mean, she used to be a cop, and um, I can remember some of the times, like, when we first met and everything, we was just walking around in the mall, and, um, you know, I just kind of like, ha ha, give it a little friendly nudge in the shoulder and everything. She damn jabbed me in my rib and put me in the wrist lock. I'm like, come on now. I mean, hey, I'm just trying to take mm. you to foot locker and get some <laughs> dipping dots and shit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You keep, you want to keep her away from martial arts, I guess. Yeah. I mean, she's been looking for her own outlet as well. And that's, you know, something that I was steering towards. We had like this little um, stand up bag. Um, once upon a time in our backyard, you know, you fill it up the bottom with water and everything, and she'd be back there hitting that thing and knocking it over and be getting pissed because it wouldn't stand up. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, 
we'll, we'll get into something. She just uh, had knee surgery, so she ain't doing too much of nothing right now, but we'll yeah. get her back into the game. Now, all the um, different genres, of everything that you've been, um, you know, acting in and everything, action, comedy, and all these other things or whatever, what's your favorite genre to um, act in, produce, write, or whatever? Well, personally, I like the the combination of action comedy, mm-hmm. and uh, that's something that you know for Outlaw Johnny Black that I'm looking forward to doing. Oh yeah, because um, now now you was talking about um people running up on you and everything because of who you are and everything. I I know people are prone to shout like lines from a movie or whatever. I mean, is Black Dynamite the most quoted thing people ever spit at you? Yes. <laughs> yep, I, I hear it almost every day. Man, I mean, and I mean, I guess it was cool at first, but like, is it like how Little John was? You know, everybody running up on him because of Dave Chappelle talking about, yeah, yeah what? Okay. <laughs> no, no, I mean, this is absolutely cool because you know, it's this is something that that came out of my head and that uh, people enjoy. So. It, Everything they, every time I I hear a black dynamite reference, it it brings a smile to my face. Yeah, because <laughs> like uh, in my head, <laughs> um, usually when I do my intro, I say like I, I kind of try to make it relatable to whoever the guest is or whatever. And for the life mm-hmm. of me, I couldn't get it out and everything. But I was like, "Where is Bucky? And what did he take? <laughs> <laughs> do, do, do you know where that was from? Nah, I mean. I, from Black Dynamite, but <laughs> oh no, no, that I got that line. See, this it's interesting. There's certain things that in, in nature that just translate. Mm-hmm. Where is Bucky and what he, he has came from? The inventing disco Godfather. Oh shit! From Dolomite. Dolomite. Right? <laughs> and, and the way he said that was one of the funniest lines in the whole movie. It wasn't meant to be funny. <laughs> But it's the way that Rudy Ray Moore talked yeah. and the way he delivered the line was so ridiculous. I, and I want you to, I want to give you some homework. Oh, yeah. I want you to Google where is Bucky and what does he have? And you'll see <laughs> where it came from. <laughs> because it's just the, the weirdest, the weird way that he enunciated that. Because normally you would say, where's Bucky and what does he have? I guess it was written. He said it the way it was written. Where is Bucket and what has he had? <laughs> is the way he, what has he had? You know, nobody talks like that. <sighs> but that's what made it funny. Oh, man. And so, and so that's why I did homage to that line in Black Dynamite. And so I figured, <laughs> figured out a way to put that line in the movie. Oh man, I just seen it. It was the first video to pop up. <laughs> <laughs> so that, so that, that that's totally borrowed. But you see, you see how funny the line is, how weird it is that it exists on its own. Oh. You know, man. <laughs> just you know, I'm I'm hearing I'm hearing it being said in my head right now, and it's just like to hear you repeat it. It's just like I, my my ribs hurt right now. I'm fucking chuckling all over the place. Um, <laughs> my bad. All right. Um, how does it feel stepping in and kind of taking over a franchise? I kind of seen you um step up in uh Undisputed Two, I believe. And then um, the Never Back Down sequels. So, I mean, how was that, you know, just kind of stepping into an already built franchise and trying to kind of make it your own or put a different twist on it? Well, I mean, it, it was a natural. I, I'm, you know, with Never Back Down, I made it more grown up. It was a, it was a kid movie at first. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, so I just tried to make it into somewhat of a, the last one's more like a grown up karate kid. Yeah. Yeah. And um with Undisputed, um, you know, they that was just um I just wanted to m- make more of a story out of it. Mm-hmm. And um you know, you see, you know, now now they got it with Scott Atkins. Yeah. That was um 
that film was kind of what introduced me to Scott Atkins. I mean, I've seen him like in very small roles. Like I didn't even notice him there until I seen Undisputed 2 and 3 and then I seen Ninja, Ninja 2, um, most recently Accident Man, which you were in, correct? Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very proud of Scott. I, mean, I felt like I, you know, I helped, uh, helped him get where he is. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So, and we're good friends, and you know that's that's something I'm. That's a that's a connection I'm proud of. You can't wait to do our own uh, movie together again. Now, um, in that same vein or whatever, is there any other actors, um, action stars, anything that you um, you have an eye out for that we may not know anything about, or is there just some out there that we all know about that you just haven't got to work with yet? Well, I got a movie coming up called Triple Threat, and that's mm-hmm. with Tony Ja and Eco Uwes. Oh yeah, you ever see the the, the raid? Uh, yes, I have both of them to my right, yeah. right here, right now. I, I'm excited to see that yeah. movie. I've seen the preview for that, and I was just like, oh, <laughs> take my money. Yeah, yeah. So that's coming up. Um, so you know, I, I would love to work with the great. You know, Jackie Chan or or um, Donnie Yen one day. Oh man, what blew my mind when I seen um, Ip Man one, two, and three, and then they got a four that's coming out. Um, but the first yeah, one, Scott Atkins is doing that one. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Man, it's just. I don't know what to say. I, I can remember um, the day I saw the first It Man. It was just like, what is this? IP Man. What is what, what is this movie? And um, we had a break up at the shop and they put it on and like just the the action. It was just like amazing. It just that made me a Donnie Yen fan. And I just kind of like went back and looked at some of his older stuff and then um, as he released newer things, I started adding it to the collection and everything. Yeah. Have yep, Donnie, Donnie Yen's doing it the best right now. I look at Donnie Yen and Eco mm-hmm. with the Raid movies. I think those two are really, you know, they're really kind of setting the bar. Yeah, uh, I, when I seen the raid, it was just like that hallway fight scene. He damn stabbed the dude in his thigh and ripped it out through the front of his knee and <laughs> bashed his mm-hmm. head into the wall from the light post all the way down to the floor. I was just like, who thinks of this shit? I mean, it's just... <laughs> that, that was Eco. He's Man. a choreographer of the movie. <laughs> Blowing my mind yeah, right so, now, dude. <laughs> yeah, that dude, that dude is super talented. Yeah, and you kind of see that they're making their ways here in and out and in and out because like he had uh, him and um, I think two other actors from the Raid movie, they had like a small role in uh, one of the Star Wars films. I think it was like the um, Force Awakens or something like that. I I don't know. I haven't seen a Star Wars movie (laughs) since I was a kid. (laughs) Well, you ain't missing too much. The new ones are all right, but it is what it is. I'm I'm sorry if I'm offending any Star Wars fans right now. Yeah, I'm not into that. <laughs> Man. Um, and it's just crazy because, like, I think I can't re- really remember the first movie that I saw you in. But when I, um, I saw you do your thing with the martial arts and everything, I was just like, all right, this dude is it. No, I lied. For, of course, Spawn. First movie I seen you in. I mean, not too much martial arts in it. But damn, mm-hmm. after I seen that movie, just... Be- on um, visual effects alone, because I'm, I'm a big uh, movie effects guy and whatever, the animation of the cape and then the motorcycle and then all the clown, all that shit, you know, it really mm-hmm. drew me to that. And I was just like, oh, man, they didn't make another one. And then um, I seen you pop up again in Universal Soldier, and I was like, oh, shit, this dude is badass. That's how I started collecting movies. Yeah, Universal movies. Soldier was the first one I really started showing martial arts in. Yeah. Uh, up before then it was um, I was doing you know I did the, the Mike Tyson movie uh, and you know, Pick Thieves and um, you know movies like that more dramatic type stuff 
And see, and that was another one of those movies, man. It's just like I remember watching the Mike Tyson movie, and I was like, man, this dude got it down. He's like, he, he must have just been. Mike must have been behind the camera talking about do what I do because he got it down. <laughs> and then I go back and watch something recently. You, I was like, wait a minute, Michael J. White. That, what? That's the dude from the Tyson. God damn, you know, I didn't know that was him. <laughs> That's good. So I mean. Yeah. You, you you did your thing in the Tyson movie. Matter of fact, I mean, as we speak of it now, that'd be something I need to throw here in the collection right now. Um, mm-hmm. When, like, in your leisure time or whatever, I mean, what's like a typical day like? I mean, I know right now you're about to get ready to prep for an evening with the missus and everything, but like whenever you got time off to do whatever you do, what do you do? Probably, uh, man, I mean, uh, sleep, spend time with the family. And we we try to keep it keep it interesting. You know, we like going to comedy shows. We go. Uh, me and the missus, we we roam. <laughs> we just roam and just kind of go. Oh, that looks interesting. Let's go over there. Yeah, you know? I kind of have it um, hard on that aspect or whatever because you know my wife paranoid about everything. So I'm just like, oh. I seen this thing over there. Let's go over there and do that. She's like, why, why, why are we going to do that? What time are we going to go? Um, what do I need to bring? Um, is this and this done? Do we? And I was like, oh, come on, man. Just put that shit down and let's go over here and do some shit over there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you know, we like to roam sometimes. But, you know, we just, was that yesterday we just went to bowling? That was yesterday. Like, just, you know, we were dri- riding by and like, oh, look at this. You know, let's check this out. So I mean, I you know I like I like roaming because every day is never like this like the same. So yeah. Now live in the moment. Yeah, I understand that. Now I mean I know you have a a freaking routine. You know, you keep yourself fit and everything. You don't look your age or whatever. I mean, you stay in shape. I know you got a specific diet and everything. But is there any cheat days involved at all? Well, if I describe a cheat day, it wouldn't sound like most people's cheat days. I don't really eat a bunch of, I don't eat cheesecake or nothing like that. It's like a cheat day for me is having a little extra bread. <laughs> it, it's really kind of boring. Uh, it, it's like I'm, I'm having cereal at night. Um, you know? Oh, man. But, I mean, really... What would consist of a, of a cheat day would make me not feel well. So it's kind of, you know, if I eat something, something crazy and, and I'm not used to it. So it's kind of like a, it's like a punishment. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I understand that. It's just like, there's been certain times to where, you know, I've just been eating clean and everything and I go have a cheeseburger or something from Burger King or whatever. And then just like a couple minutes later, I'm like, oh. I need to go take a seat because it ain't, well, ain't feeling right. Burger King, shoot. I don't even think that's food. I, I mean, I don't think, <laughs> I honestly don't think I've had a burger from Burger King or McDonald's probably in 20 years. Shit. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just don't think it's food. Well, I mean, according to an article that came out not too long ago, um, some people saying that um, the meat that comes from Burger King is um, has some horse parts in it. <laughs> um, that wouldn't bother me so much. At least horse is real, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know that that's really not troubling to me. But if it has some damn chemicals that ain't food, yeah, that that's more troubling to me. Yeah, because I mean, I didn't had it on alligator, turtle, squirrel, deer, snake. Yeah, but those, those are all protein. But <laughs> some of that stuff that you know, if you got a McDonald's hamburger and it and it just stays for days, you know, without decaying or whatever, or them French fries or whatever, I, that's not food. That's yes. just nothing but preservatives, and you know, real food goes bad. Yeah. So, you know, to me, that stuff ain't food. Mm-mm-mm. I mean, you're making me rethink my life right now. 
well, you know, I don't know, man. All this cancer and crap is coming from somewhere. Yeah, it's just like everything has the cancer in it. And it's like, man, you can't even be on your phone. I, I, I feel I, I'm getting cancer drinking this ginger ale right now. And it's supposed to be like tame. <laughs> ginger ale is not tame. <laughs> oh, man. Come on now. Yeah. That, it's got high fructose corn syrup in it. It's like one of the worst things you can even put in your mouth. Fuck, man. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Well, sorry, man, but you know, hey, now you know you, you're giving me a teaching moment right now, and I really appreciate that. So I'm, I'm about to put this down right now. <laughs> yeah, make your own ginger ale. You could actually do it. You can make a natural ginger ale, and I think it even tastes better personally. Now, so is there a lot of that going on? Like whenever you prep your meals and whatnot, I mean, you find yourself making your own things for you, or is it just like you know? I don't prep. I mean, it's, it's, I'm not anal like that. It's, it's, it's not a, it's not like, oh, you know, I just don't, I just eat stuff that looks like it's supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, you know, chicken looks like chicken, you know, like, potato look like potato, you know, it's just that kind of a thing. It's just when, when something's processed. Yeah. Uh-oh. Well, you know what? Um, well, you, you know, like I told you, there's that Denzel date. We got a date with oh, Denzel. Oh, yeah. I understand. About, I was just about to wrap it down yeah. anyway. Yeah. Yeah. She's, uh, she, she's giving me the, the sign. Yeah. I understand, sir. Um, mm-hmm. I know you say you don't really promote too much on, uh, social media, but if you could let everybody know where they can find you. Sure. I mean, it's, uh, I'm uh, the official Michael Jai on Instagram, and it's basically hashtag Michael Jai White on Facebook and Twitter. Oh, I think I'm the, the real Michael Jai White on on Facebook. What's that? The real Michael Jai White on Facebook. All right. He had to tell me who I was. <laughs> I mean, hey, man, that's what spouses are there for. They tell us who we are. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, man, I, I really appreciate your time. Yeah, you know, this really meant a lot to me. Um, enjoy your evening with your wife. Um, happy belated anniversary again. <laughs> and, um, and thank you. you know, tell, tell your wife I'm sorry about the Bruce Lee comment. All right. I, I'll let her know. She 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 probably wouldn't okay. even be mad because it came from you. <laughs> <laughs> hope so. Yeah. But, All right. But thank you for your time. And um, hey, you've been a guest of the show. If you want to come back for whatever reason, the door is open for you to do so, sir. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Okay, bye. Man. And that was Michael Jai White. Oh, shit. They're going to wait the music again. We don't have to do this anymore. I guess I can hang up. <laughs> Yeah, we I'm uh I'm I'm gonna give you a little preview of that uh waiting music or whatever, man. It was just like I never did an interview quite like this. It's to where I had to call into a conference space and then his one of his representatives set up then he calls into the conference space and that's how we talk. So I mean, I'm sitting there listening to the music and everything and the song that was playing, it was, you know, you heard it was a little acoustic and it was sung very specifically to what I was experiencing at the time. You know, I'm sitting here in the waiting room or whatever, <laughs> just waiting on this call, you know, and it dude was like really touching me, touching my soul. He he was speaking to me. It was like he was conveying in song actually what I was going through. And anyway, I, I'll put that in at the end of the show for bonus content because I re- <laughs> I had it recording. So I wanted y'all to hear this song and um, kind of get a little bit of the experience that I've had waiting here for the phone call to commence. But hey, man, it was just amazing to get there to sit and talk with the man and everything. And I hope you uh, enjoyed it as well. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to even lie to you, man. I was just like, like I told him, I, I never thought that 
you know, I would be on the other side of the line with that guy talking about whatever, you know. But hey, I got through it. I didn't shit myself or nothing crazy like that. But uh, you know, I was a bundle of nerves. I'm not gonna lie to you. But anyway, hey, let's end it on a high note. I ain't gonna sit here and <laughs> ramble or nothing like that. Um, you can find me on social media at it's B Rob on Twitter. Uh, if you want to talk professional wrestling and any other general shenanigans, that's the place you do it. Um, the podcast has its own Twitter account, which is at three R show. That's a three R and show S H O W. And um, you can go to randomrobcast.com to find different ways to help support the show to where it'd be merchandise from a t-shirt store or using Amazon links. You know, you just click on the link and take it to Amazon. You do your shopping as normal. You don't pay anything extra. Show gets a little kickback. Um, what else you can do to help support the show? You can become a patron like uh, Glenn Abbott, Brandon McIntyre, King Ajar, and now uh, uh, Bob Hines. I had to think of it or whatever. You know, new supporter to the show. So I appreciate all those people for doing what they do. You know, and the most important thing, you know, screw all that giving me money stuff or helping to support the show, you know, monetarily, the easy way, the free way, the most important way that you can help this podcast or any other podcast that you listen to is write a review. Five stars preferably, but if you have some constructive criticism, you know, some feedback to help make the show better, you know, leave whatever type of review, a four star, three star, two star, one star, whatever the case may be. Um, share, like, subscribe, retweet, you know, I'm, um, once I get this studio built down in the garage and whatnot, I'll be trying to produce you some more video content, like on my IGTV and, um, you know, whatever little things I have on YouTube. So look forward to that. And, you know, I appreciate you all, um, random ramblings with Rob is doing some big things, man. You know, it's, it's getting there. It's building some momentum. Some more minimum, minimum. <laughs> but anyway, man, stay stay tuned. I got some more things coming up. I'm, I'm trying to nail down all three of the guys from the um, Rant With That podcast. I've already did the interview with uh, Young Philium. Um, I'm going to be working with Ant on his portion Wednesday, hopefully. You know, you don't know which Wednesday, depending on which, <laughs> you know, day of the week you listen to this episode. I got to stop time stamping my shit. And then I'll track down G-Rod and that'll be your three-part series for the Rant with Ant show, which you can um, find on WrestleAddict.com, I think. But um, just type in the Rant with Ant. You'll find it. Good um, guys over there. A lot of big things going on with them. Also, um, there is no also. I forgot what the hell I was going to say. What I was going to say is stand by for that awesome waiting room music. <laughs> and uh, hey, I'll see you next time. Bonus content. I've been sitting here all day I've been sitting in this waiting room And I've been waiting on my friends Yes, I'm waiting on this conference call All alone And I'm on hold Yes, I'm on hold I hope it's not all day Well, I wonder where they are, yes, I wonder where my friends have gone. Where'd they go? Tell me, where could they be while I'm waiting on this conference call? I don't know. Well, I'm holding on my phone, yes, I'm holding on the line. I don't know where they are, I don't know why I'm still alone I'm on hold, oh yes I'm on hold
night all day. Hey! Well, let me tell y'all a story about a man who was on hold all day. Yes, he was. Now, maybe he had the time wrong, and maybe he didn't. There's just no way for me to say. And yes, I have seen some long hold times in my day. Yes, I have. And this was one of the worst. Now, this young man did not hang up the telephone, and you guess what happened. Ah, uh, yeah. That call began. That call started. So stay on hold. You gotta stay on hold. Ooh, don't go away. A podcast network that's changing gears Bringing fresh funky pods with a fresh funky beat A family of pods that are bringing the heat There ain't no stopping us Keep coming back to us Sick ass pods that'll make you hush www.hushyourface.com Thank you.